Hi there, it's Sue, and thanks for joining me for Tips and Talk Day. These are bite-sized topics that I pull from community questions and things that I'm observing in the world of handmade small business. If you'd like to submit a topic, DM me over on Instagram at giftbizunwrapped. Before I get into the show today, I have a message for you if you're just now starting to think of starting a handmade product business. At this point, you may be thinking about your business name and logo. That's what would be natural and what most people would do. But hold on a second. It's not the best initial step. There are other important things to do first to make sure you're set up for success and ensure your product easily attracts buyers. Sometimes it's just a little tweak that's the difference between a thriving and failing business. Before you spend a lot of time and money, make sure to validate your product and ensure it's positioned and priced so you'll see results right from the beginning. That way, you can start your business with confidence. I can help you with that. Go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash start for all the details. We are so lucky in our industry of handmade to have what feels like endless options for face-to-face selling. Options that come in all styles and formats, too. Craft shows, county fairs, church bazaars, local handmade creator markets, artisan exhibitions, upscale juried shows, special themed events. All different versions offering you so many choices, coast to coast. When considering which shows to do, some decisions are easy because of your product. Your snack mix is a natural fit for a farmer's market. Or if you're a fine artist, our juried art show makes perfect sense and will attract the right customers. Even going outside of your obvious fit can prove fruitful. Many of my handmade coaching students have gone to shows that seem to have been a mismatch but have been highly successful. Perhaps because it seems so random and therefore attracts attention free of competitors. Testing is always the only way to know if a show will work for you, but there are things to consider to slant the odds in your favor. Today I want to talk about the size of a show and how that can affect your success. You may initially think that larger shows will bring greater results, but that's not always the case. Both large and small shows are worth considering. I recently got back from a show that over the years has dramatically shrunk in size but my sales were just as good, if not better, than some of the shows that were four times the size in the past. Let's talk about each of these types of shows to help you analyze and plan your show participation moving forward. Small shows first. If you're doing your very first show, small is definitely the way to go. It'll be less overwhelming and costly and will allow you to find and perfect your quote-unquote show style. A starter booth display will work just fine as you test and plan and then upgrade from there. Small shows also give you time to learn your most comfortable customer interaction style. I've done quite a few episodes now on how to manage communication at your booth, and I'll add those to the show notes page here for this episode. But smaller shows aren't just for newbies. There are lots of advantages that bode well for businesses of all sizes. If the show is in your local community, 
You don't have any travel time and can sleep in your own bed at night, which is a huge plus. At local shows, you'll also most likely know a lot of the browsers, which brings ease to conversations and potentially new awareness of your business to some of your friends or distant acquaintances. The sense of community and supporting local will play in your favor too with sales and email signups. Smaller shows like farmers markets usually have a regular schedule, the first Saturday of each month, for example, or even weekly during the season. Being seen regularly at a setup like this builds trust and, of course, the opportunity for repeat purchases. So even though it's smaller in terms of attendance and draw, the quality of customers and weekly sales from the same people is high. Product-dependent, of course. Another advantage is easy in-and-out parking. No long walks to the venue or dealing with parking garages. This accessibility prompts more last-minute decisions on behalf of attendees who can pop in and out quickly. And ease of access can also prompt repeat visits on both Saturday and Sunday because it's a social setting to hang out in as well. I talk about this more in next week's Tips and Talk show. Smaller shows can attract large or small crowds, relatively speaking. You can have a huge convention hall and no traffic as easily as you can have a craft show that's a couple of blocks long that's packed with people. Doesn't correlate. In other words, a small show can bring in a large crowd and vice versa. It depends on a lot of things, including weather. But don't be dismayed if the number of people walking a show is low. When there are fewer people, it gives you and your booth visitors more time to talk. It's less rushed and does have the potential to bring in just as many dollars as a busy show because you have more time to interact, and that leads to bigger ticket orders. A smaller show may also mean you're the only one there selling a product in your particular category. Less or no competition can be a big plus for obvious reasons. Let's move on to the larger shows now. They're typically put on in a city or a county and have more structure to them by necessity. In my area, we have the one-of-a-kind show in the Chicago Merchandise Mart that occurs twice a year. And by contrast, the Kane County Flea Market, which is a monthly event from March through December. One is more formal, and the other is super casual. Both attract large crowds and need an organized parking system. It's definitely an investment of time and energy to attend one of these shows, which is part of the appeal. It's pretty much a full day of activity and entertainment. At these shows, there's a lot of opportunity to get visibility you wouldn't have otherwise. People drive from all around, pulling from as far as 50 miles in any direction. Having new people find you and learn about your company is huge. Many times you're able to keep your booth location from show to show, so people who want to purchase again can easily find you, even with so many vendors. There's also more competition at large shows. But this can be a good thing. Someone who's looking for new earrings won't necessarily buy just one pair. Having your products stand side by side with others can actually bring you in more sales. With the superior product quality I know you have and a unique design style and display, you have the opportunity to stand out. 
And since you've listened to this podcast, you know how to interact with people to make them feel special and enjoy their time with you. That all leads to sales with or without competition. People also spend more time at large shows. There's entertainment, sitting areas, bathrooms, because there's always that need when you spend a lot of time at a show. And this offers a couple of things. First, someone who's already visited your booth may pass by several times over the course of the day. While they may have liked but not purchased from you the first time, they might the second or the third. It also gives someone time to think about your products for a bit and still take action while they're at the show. They fell in love with your leather bags, but it's more than they wanted to spend, so they walked away and decided they were going to think about it. But they can't get it out of their mind and eventually decide it's now or never and they return to purchase. The chances of them seeking you out after they leave a show are dramatically reduced even if they have a card with your website on it. Larger shows where people spend a lot more time allows this to happen. There are definite advantages and disadvantages to both large and small shows. How much publicity does a show get to attract people or even let them know it's happening? What is your cost to attend? How does it attract customers who would normally buy your items? These are all things to consider when making a show plan. Ideally, as I mentioned earlier, if you're starting out, a small local show is the way to go. Once you have a couple of shows under your belt, expand out and try others. You'll find some smaller shows produce better results than others, and the same with comparing one larger show against another. Experiment, analyze afterwards, and you're sure to land on the right mix for you. That's a wrap. I'm a get-to-the-point kind of girl, and this is what you can expect from these quick midweek sessions. Now it's your turn. Go out and fulfill that dream of yours. Share your handmade products with us. We want them, and they bring us both so much happiness.